0: Welcome inside the Legends, Legends Lounge, Lounge, where baseball VIPs are hanging out and talking about their life in the game.
1: Alana, I'm excited for this one. This is somebody that I've interviewed quite a bit um, during his playing days and also... I mean, we're not going to you know, necessarily break news because he is not officially retired, so you just never know. I mean, he's mid-30s, in shape, strong career, so we're not going to do anything there. We'll let him handle that, but regardless, Jason Kipnis has a bright future.
2: He has a lot of things going on, and it's been really fun to connect with him again because he's always been one of my favorite people in the game. And I know some teams right now, Scott, that could use a guy like Jason Kipnis that would give him give them a really professional at-bat, uh, good defense, a guy that's had a lot of success um, in his career. But if this is it for him, as far as the Diamond is concerned, he has many irons in the fire and uh, such a great guy to talk with again.
1: Yeah, it's one of those where you talk to him and you're like, oh, he's got so much going for him because of who he is, the personality. Um, I think that it's infectious too, right? He's one of those guys that also gives you real talk in a way that just makes it very comforting to just have a conversation and feel like you quickly get lost into, wait, oh, right, we're doing a podcast right now, which is kind of part of what makes a podcast unique and special anyways. you just feel like you're starting to have a little conference call and a catch up with friends. So, and you feel like, at least for me, right. Where you're talking to someone like him. And even though, you know, I've interviewed him a few times, it's not like we're, you know, hang out friends and you feel like you start to get into that conversation where you're just kind of like arguing about the state of the game or, you know, just debating <laughs> about fun, fun parts of, of life during and after baseball for a player. So I, I felt that way with Kip, which all kind of leads to you and me both thinking like this guy definitely can, Handle some broadcasting if he wants to, no doubt.
2: I feel like if I drank beer, he'd be a guy that I'd like want to hang out and drink a beer with. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a Mm -hmm. really normal guy. He's just he was the perfect guy for Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a good dude, cares about baseball, plays hard, um, doesn't let any moment get too big for him. Um, Good conversationalist, just a nice human being to be
1: around and not too guarded. Because and and no pun intended, yeah, which he used to play, nice. yeah, yeah, that just came mm, out. But um, d- you know, I I sometimes and this is mostly during playing days. Then they open up quickly. But I y- you get the feeling with certain players, especially big ones, that they have to be so careful about their words. You can almost feel it sometimes in an interview well, where they're in like today's
2: day and age.
1: Yeah, but but that kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. wanna, I just want them to talk. But yeah, I understand you can't, you can't just say whatever you want. Yeah. Well, they're just thinking. Like sometimes, I mean, and you'll see this a lot, either there'll be a big pause or there'll be a lot of ums and you knows because, and I do that too, but I'm saying because they're thinking through the next sentence to make sure that it won't be misconstrued or miscalculated, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. to the extent of forget just the political correctness i'm talking even about like them saying i don't want to say something that's going to you know hit headlines and my opponent's going to throw it up in the clubhouse and say hey this guy oh yeah well they don't
2: want to be they don't want to be clickbait they they don't want to be anything that is going to cause a distraction for their team or themselves or their family and you know everything gets blown out of proportion today um you know and everything's on social media and it's out there forever and that's what i always warn young people about like whatever is on social it is out there for infinity. So yeah, I, I just don't get that with Jason. I think he's real. And maybe that's because perhaps his playing career is over, but that doesn't mean that he's over. I mean, he has he's 35 years old. He has his whole yeah. life ahead of him. Um, you know, like we were saying, it's 35 is old for baseball, but you're a puppy in in the, the other work world. So excited to see where he ends up.
1: Yeah, agreed. So let's bring him in. Jason Kipnis inside the lounge. 10-year big leaguer, fresh out of playing in the bigs, and maybe still back. Who knows? We'll find out. A two-time All-Star, spent most of his career with Cleveland, owns restaurants in the Midwest. Always a great interview, too, which I I will just mention, Alana and me often talk about how guys that are great interviews and give their time if they want to open the door to the broadcast world. Usually they're the first ones that will get the invite <laughs> because they're appreciated and we know what they bring to the table. But that's anyway, called,
2: that's called karma.
1: Exactly. Yes. Karma. <laughs> karma. Bring it. So Jason Kipnis, welcome inside the lounge. How's life, guys. Man? I
0: appreciate you having me.
1: What are you up to? Like, give us the lowdown. What are you doing? What do you want to do? What's next? a million dollar question, huh? (laughs) It could be nothing too. I mean, for a little bit,
0: you know what? We do have a lot going on. Um, let's see, we could start. Uh, I'm going back to school to graduate. Uh, I think I along the line somewhere, I promised my mom I would go back and finish. And now, uh, regrettably so I am having to do all the homework now. So I'm in the middle (laughs) of that process. Um, so we got that. We're taking online classes. Uh, and so I think we're only a couple classes away from graduating on top of that, though, um, we own a few restaurant bars. One, mostly out of the Ohio area and Cleveland, a couple. And then uh, the big ones in Columbus, Ohio, where Ohio state is. Uh, and we're opening a new one, uh, hopefully next year in the Miami region in the Windwood. Oh, no. no. Yeah. Um, and right now we are uh, hunting for a chef. So that is kind of taking up a lot of my time is actually cold calling like a salesman to these uh chefs and kind of tugging on that string and going down the rabbit hole seeing where it leads me and um, trying to find a chef to head our uh, restaurant in winwood so
2: well i uh, um, I have a chef for you, Jason, and we can talk about that uh-oh. offline that might be interested
0: um, you know he's in
2: Costa- he's in Costa Rica right now, but he ran one of the greatest restaurants in Manhattan Beach, so we'll connect in that. Um, tell me a yeah, little but- bit about the farm in Cleveland that you have with Chase Rice. I'm a massive country fan. So tell me about how that all happened and what do you serve and how can I get there immediately?
0: (laughs) Uh, You have, you will have a drink waiting for you. If you next time you venture (laughs) to Cleveland for any Dodgers game or whatever you need to go there for. Um, Chase was performing in Cleveland. This is when I, I think I was already done playing there, but the group that I'm with this Ford hospitality group, I think became friends with him. Uh, I think he was along those lines where you see in Nashville, these other guys that have their names attached to the bars and all that. Um, And I'm sure as any star would, he kind of wanted that too. And we're like, well, let us be the group to do that for you. And I think we just kind of flew out towards his place in Nashville. Uh, He lives kind of near this, the Troubadour golf course. So we played around together. We had a a great dinner at his house um, by the fire pits, just sharing ideas and, uh, they kind of took it from there. So I more am just uh, a friend and an investor at this point. I'm not too much of a hands-on guy just because I haven't been back to Cleveland in a while. But I think they did a fantastic job with the place. It looks awesome on the inside. There's live music on weekends. Oh, that's great. Big, big, big garage doors that open up to the water there in Cleveland. Uh, so the summer, I guess, was it was a, a great place to be.
2: That's awesome. I, I love it. I love it.
1: And wait, so I just need a little more detail on the Winwood restaurant, and then we can get into the rest. Cause I'm a I went to the University of Miami. M- many friends, family all still down there, you know, knew all about Winwood before it was really Winwood. <laughs> Actually, before anyone was going to Winwood, because I go back it's still, to the early 2000s. it's still growing. So it's one of the Big biggest time. growing
0: parts of Miami. And I, I didn't know that. So the arts district is always what it's been known for. And it's it's confusing because you go down there and you see like graffiti on all the walls you see like paintings everywhere and you're like where am i then you look at the store it's like a bugatti store or it's like a (laughs) louis vuitton and you're like that is not what i expected but that's just the style down there and it's it's colorful um vibrant and i think it's one of the fastest growing cities in the sense that sounds like there's 20 to 30 either hotels and restaurants going up shoveling around already in the next year so it's a rapidly growing place it's going to be a great place to be cannot tell you how excited we are to have this huge rooftop space
2: oh awesome Um,
0: so so it'll we're we are very excited about it um and hopefully we'll be opened uh by probably this time next year that's awesome you said you're going
2: back to school what are you studying
0: well because i am in the restaurants uh i i looked to at first to see if i could do restaurant management as like i just switched my minor to kind of kill two birds with one stone maybe a little more out of it Apparently I didn't study enough to go into that major <laughs> as I, I looked at my transcripts going back and I would have had to take a couple classes to something like a two eight. I probably needed to get a three oh to get into this school or something like that. So I wasn't whatever. I I went to Arizona State. I played baseball. I wasn't going there for school probably at that right, point.
2: Right, right, right. Uh,
0: so instead of taking like a couple extra classes to get into the restaurant management and then finish, I think we're switching to what's the shortest A to B to get the degree and walk across the aisle. So I think we're in a liberal studies now, liberal arts type. Um, but the first class was actually very interesting that I just took. So it was kind of evolution, Darwinism, and
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, all those studies. So as long as it keeps my interest, I enjoy it.
2: You mentioned the uh, Arizona State. I see uh, Petey behind you. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> obviously um i think of rick monday i think of andre Ethier. oh look at giambi oh nice. Kersh! i love that one paul canerco <laughs> we, oh, got a we got bunch. So a tell bonus. me like how do you choose who you, who goes on your wall i mean you are one of those guys so how do you choose who, who makes the wall
0: you know what i kind of tell people i played the game as a fan anyways like i i collected cards growing up i did that um and so i think guys that i looked up to and it's more early on in the career Cause you're, I got, I got into a, at a great time when I think who else do I have? So this is actually, I can't believe I would say this about the guys around this wall, the B room. Oh, it, I know. I know. The wow, A, room, a big my, room, my wall, you'll big know, listen, copy my,
2: and my, and. Uh, that's what I'm <laughs>
0: saying. So the other room is like just guys, Bonds, uh, Jeter, Mariano, uh, just like guys where I was nervous to ask for the jerseys. Yeah. Top yeah. of the, the um, and I think it was, you, you kind of make it easier for you. Cause the clubbies, if you're at the opposing team, you're like, Hey, can you go get a Jersey from the team shop? They'll give it to the home clubby who puts it at them as say like, Hey, Kim from the other team wants his signature or something like that. Didn't care if they personalized it or not. Um, but it was just like early on, it was just, these are guys that I grew up watching the game and loving and loving the way they played the game. And, uh, so I got a bunch of them. And, uh, as I got older, I, I, I cut back on it and well it wasn't I, I had the guys I wanted it wasn't important it was like how many times am I going to ask a kid who's younger than me for his autograph or <laughs> right now? or something so I was like I'm not doing that and I don't want to and I definitely don't do it like if it was a big series or anything like that I, I wasn't uh wasn't asking anybody for their autograph I don't it's it's hard to be like I'm trying to beat you but also please sign
1: this jersey right, you're like <laughs> hey,
2: hey Bryce <laughs> guys, I think I they can counter uh, each me. other
1: <laughs> yeah, early season action probably better, right, than, than late yeah, season if yeah. you're in the thick of but a there's, race there's or something. There's little mind
0: games. I was with Nike, too, and Nike always put out, like, gave everybody who was with Nike, uh, like, trout shoes or something. And, like, I refused to wear them when we played the Angels. Yeah. I'm not going to, I can't see, I can't talk to him or talk trash to him with them on my feet they will just like look down and
1: they will be like, "Really?" I'm like, "Like,
2: bro, you're wearing my shoes." <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs>
1: not that series. That's good. So wait. So who, who of the ones that you have personalized, and who didn't? Not like it's like who's you know getting into it or not. But I'm just curious, like who did write a note? And also for you, like when you were asked, did you write notes specifically to people on the jerseys to just like maybe put a line in there? I don't have a cool
0: saying. Like a lot of the guys have cool sayings, or whether it's like a you'll see like a, whether it's a, a Bible quote or a scripture or something or a God bless or love the way you play or anything like that. I just didn't have that. And they sometimes will put it the same one. So if I didn't know them personally, I probably don't have anything written to me, but like Giambi, I got his Oakland one and obviously played with him in Cleveland. Uh, got a good little paragraph.
1: It's like, if
0: I knew them on a personal level, if there was something to be said or a funny quote, um, I would I would get uh, a little scripture from them, but otherwise, if it was just like a, hey, wow. can you sign this for me? I think I just got their autograph.
2: Yeah, Paul Hulse was a big God bless guy. Like he'd sign everything, God bless. Uh,
0: exactly. Who? Yes. So he was one who I was referring to. I uh, fun story. I just I don't know if I true story. I don't know if I misplaced it. I thought I had his jersey already, and I could not find it anywhere. So I asked the Cubs clubhouse guy this year to go get it. I wanna say I might have his last car I got a Cardinals home white one and he signed it with six hundred home runs. Ah, oh. I I wanna say I might have the last one ever signed of his that says six hundred because like three days later he hit it the seven
2: hundred. Ah oh, that's awesome.
0: Do I just go over it with myself with like a Sharpie and just like cross out?
2: <laughs> no, no, you don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't touch it. Oh that's awesome. Notice.
0: That's awesome. But no, That's I always, really like I said, cool I've always been a fan piece. of the game and guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Griffy's another one who's upstairs, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just like, yeah, it's just little cool stuff that I've, I've done along the way, I guess.
1: I want to bounce back to college just for one sec. We don't worry; I won't quiz you, and we're not talking degrees or anything <laughs> like that. But I, I, when we were looking back at the resume, I remember so. And I'm a big draft and prospect guide. You were drafted in the fourth round by the Padres um, after junior year and you Mm -hmm. were swinging it well. And then you went back to school one more year. And then, of course, you even jumped up a second round and you go to Cleveland. And I'm sure you wouldn't change a thing, but just curious back then what the decision process was like. So
0: out of high school, I wasn't recruited well at all. Um, Good player, but I was probably 150 pounds soaking wet, just not really like couldn't get looks in the Midwest. Uh, I signed with Kentucky a book scholarship cuz I knew they were the SEC. I knew it was the top like conference that I could get it myself into. So I took the book scholarship went th- redshirt in my freshman year. So I still had 4 years of eligibility. Uh, I I don't even know if I will will grace this podcast with the full story, but <laughs> I was kicked off twice. I was why? No, no,
2: no, no, no. You can't like <laughs> say that, that. And then like, uh, uh-uh, why there's,
0: there's police involved. There's just stuff. no, there's, <laughs> there's not that bad of a story. There really isn't. Um, I actually, cause I was a homebody. I didn't go out much. So I finally went out once and like probably a drinking ticket. The coach already didn't like me. Uh, so I got kicked off after my freshman year. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you find this amusing. Uh, well, because it worked. I had to do beautiful. the walk. Because tryouts. I
2: like, I like that we know that you're human. You know, yeah. like you're a college yeah.
0: kid. I tell, I tell people the beautiful butterfly you see before you needed some, <laughs> some years in the cocoon to grow up maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, so I had to do the walk on tryouts to get back on the team. They're like, well, wow. we recruited you. Um, they're like, so it's basically be, be based on your attitude and to see if you've changed your attitude. And, uh, yeah, okay, the same look you just gave. I was like whatever. Uh, I'll play the game. So I come back. I don't know how any walk-ons really make the team. Cause it's like, here, do a 90 yard run. And here's a round of BP and then like a couple live at bats. And I was, so it was actually me and another teammate got kicked off and we both did them. He was still pissed off at like the tryouts and like having a bad attitude. And I was like, just play the game, smile, like just do this. We were roommates the next year too. I made it. He didn't. So it's like tough. Cause I'm coming back from like, I was like, Oh man, I'm so sore from <laughs> practice. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he transferred at the end of the semester when uh, went and played somewhere else, uh, make the starting squad, get off to like, I was like freshman of the year on the first month or something or first week or two weeks, like was playing really well, get kicked off again, <laughs> almost gave up baseball. I was going to, a lot of my friends from uh, Chicago area went to like Indiana or something. I was going to go transfer and just be with my friends and do intramural sports and stuff like that. But I played in the Valley League out in Virginia after my first year in uh, college. Had to call their, the host family that I stayed with being like, hey, can I come play again? Like, I don't (laughs) know. They're like, yeah, we'd love to have you back. Uh, Had a great summer and sent out like a email recruiting myself to schools that I wanted to go to saying like, Here's my high school stats. Here's my freshman year stats up to this point. Here's half a paragraph explaining what happened. If you want the other half of the paragraph, please call me. Um, and I sent it to Arizona State as a joke. I was like, they were preseason number one the next year. Um, the Mur- Pat Murphy, the Arizona State coach at the time, <laughs> called the Vanderbilt coach, who at the time, uh, Vanderbilt was like David price, Pedro Alvarez, like studs. And I had a real good series versus them. I guess Murphy called him. He's like, Hey, I got a letter from a guy trying to transfer here from the sec. He's like, what's his name? He's like, Kipnis and the Vanderbilt coach was like, take him. Oh, wow. And so the, Tim the Corbin, right. Yeah, Tim yes. Corbin
1: back then too. Yeah. Cause he's yep. still there. And, yep. uh,
0: the email turned into a phone call phone call turned into, uh, the transfer papers and we ended up playing Vanderbilt later. Uh, and I went over like across the diamond to go shake his hand and thank him. Cause he obviously did not have to do that. Um, but I, once I got to Arizona state, I, it was like the set, you get, you know, when you have your second chance, it's pretty yeah. obvious when, when it's like that. And I didn't, I didn't waste it. So I, I, uh, buck, I didn't know Arizona state would be the place to grow up, but it, apparently it worked well for me.
2: You're like Josh Allen. Josh Allen wasn't like recruited by anybody. He's like calling colleges to see if, uh, I, they'll take him and now look at him. That's crazy. awesome. I still want to know why you got kicked off the second time. But maybe that's, <laughs> we'll, we'll, maybe we'll that's know, for a that, maybe that's for a drink at the farm in at Cleveland at one, farm, at one point. <laughs>
1: we'll at and time. for me, a rooftop drink in Winwood. <laughs> there you so. go. There yeah. you go. We got, <laughs> we got all the we got all the year.
2: geography of how we're going to figure this out. Don't, don't. You go to Arizona State, obviously, uh, have success there. You get drafted by the Indians at the time, now the Guardians, clearly. What would you have told yourself then that you know now? Now that you're still not. Completely out of the game. You don't exactly know where you're at with that. But if you could go back to that Jason Kipness when you got drafted and ultimately decided to go to the show, what would you tell I, yourself?
0: Yeah. I realized I probably just avoided the entire question that you guys originally asked with that whole story. But uh, coming from Kentucky and going to ASU, I knew nothing about the draft. So you're like, what happened in the fourth round? It's like, I didn't know that in the fourth round, like every other fourth rounder signed that year. I didn't know that. It's mm-hmm. like, Hey, you're supposed to go that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I still had two years of eligibility left and Mur- even Pat Murphy's not the one to hold you back by any means, but he's going to be blunt. He's going to be brutally honest with you, but he's also going to be like, listen, he's like, you want to come back and prove you're worth more or something like that. There's your spots here. He's like, it's up to you. And um, I decided to, so I, I, I didn't know that I probably should have taken the money. I think the negotiations kind of fell down where the agent I had the, at the time me and him weren't communicating too well. Uh, and I guess the Padres and them, there's some job where it's like, well, you never gave us the number, and I was like, I was never asked for a number, and uh, so we just never got there, and the time ran out, and just made the choice to go back for another year. It's tough to it's tough to answer the question of what I would tell myself, because I I enjoy it more along the ride, I guess. Uh, but I thought I did a good can job. You with though? That too. I was gonna say can I thought you, I did a good job. Uh, well, I just
2: say, feel like. And not to cut you off, Jason, but I feel like when you talk to professional athletes, you guys, it is so difficult to do what you do and so difficult to have success that it's like you, you work so hard at it that it's almost impossible to enjoy it because it is so difficult to do it.
0: I can say, honestly, that it's like, be this being the first year that I'm not playing is almost the first time I've come up for air from the baseball bubble. Exactly Mm -hmm. what you're saying. Uh, And it's like, I, I didn't watch much baseball at all this year. Yeah. Originally, probably I'll be honest. Originally it was like, I was pissed off. I was like, Mm -hmm. I would see someone who I just didn't think was that good on TV. And I'd be like, this guy's playing and you're not congrats way to go. And then I just turn it off and just, it's like, you get introduced, reintroduced to the life, to the world. You're like, Oh my God, everything doesn't evolve around baseball or the world doesn't revolve around sports. This is news to me.
1: Um,
0: You just find other stuff to do with your time, but Again, I I try to enjoy it like I said playing as a fan. Uh, I, I every time I ran out to every home game at Cleveland when we take the field, I would run out, I would jump on second base like a kid and I would look around the whole stadium. Something that I just made a routine cuz I was like, okay, just take it in for a second, then back to locking it in. But like I was like little things like that, I would try to take it in, but like 15 seconds of looking around a stadium is that really appreciating everything? It's like yeah. Not as much so, but it's hard. You're absolutely right. To You're so locked in and you really can't allow yourself to enjoy it. Cause once you do that, it's almost out of your fingertips. Did it feel like anybody
1: grasp. did that? Did it feel like there were any, was there anyone you were around, whether you played with them or played against them, where you're like, this guy just, it's all coming (laughs) to him naturally. So he's just out there rolling around, having a great time, not worried about shit. They're probably not in the league anymore. Yeah, (laughs)
0: yeah, for two reasons. One, it would piss me off when people were happier like that. Because I was like, I am, I am as happy as can be. I am, I have a great time. Throughout my entire life, I make the most, I make jokes everywhere I go, but the only thing that wasn't funny to me was my baseball career. Like I would just had to be serious. I had to be like an air would piss me off for days or something like that. And I would see guys that were just having a blast playing. And I'm just like, How are you doing that? And I was like, Why are you doing that? <laughs> or why how is this so easy? And I was like, damn it. And I was like, yeah. um, so there there was some jealousy there in the sense of how they just cause it should be. It's a kid's game, you always hear you should enjoy playing it. Uh, you're, you're handsomely paid for, uh, to play a game that you've grown up to love. So I think it should be enjoyed, but it's just hard when the business side comes in and, uh, tells you, you better, you can enjoy it, but you better be good at enjoying it.
2: Yeah. I mean, your, your failures are displayed for the world to see too. It's different. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to treat it like a kid's game when, it's i
0: you know what speaking of one of the things uh with giambi here in the scripture on uh his jersey or something one of the things he always told me is i was a decade too late Mm. if i could have played i used to he's like you fit in the 90s and you could take that comment however you want i know how i'll take it but before the twitter era before like all that stuff i always took it as a compliment um so i think i would have really fit into that era but Well, now guys
2: are so everybody's buddy, buddy. And I think, you know, free agency, like kind of killed the loyalty to a bunch of things. And, you know, I feel like, you know, everyone's like yucking it up at first base talking. And there's not that, like, if you see your opponent drowning, like put a hose in their mouth, there's not that type of mentality anymore that I think maybe that's what he was talking about. I don't know. I'll have to ask him.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like LeBron and the basketball kind of got that way too. I think they might've also where it's just like, but that's what social media, I guess, does. It connects people more. I think where you're not so much a foe across the lines. Where I'm just constantly hating you, or I'll make up reasons to hate you just because you're my enemy in this game. But uh, when you be when you humanize people, it's hard to to attack them the same way I get in game. I
2: Maybe guess. that's what Giambi was talking about in the '90s. There weren't smartphones, and you could get away with more stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. you're, you're,
0: yeah, I could. You could talk shit to a player and not be quoted yeah. on Twitter. The next day. Right, right, exactly. That's mm-hmm. true. No one would no be triggered by
1: your quote.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> the, the, the world wasn't board. as woke.
0: Yeah, yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what what was being said, but yeah, <laughs> anything
0: anything goes.
1: The fan base changes too, though, in terms of like I meet many young young fans where I'll say like, "Who's you know?" I will talk about who their favorite team is. And, and baseball in general is very regionalized where it's there's such deep alle- allegiances to teams. But I'm also seeing this next layer now where it's, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a Trout fan or I'm like Otani's going to be a great example because he's most likely going to get traded this offseason. And, and like you have these like diehard. Yes, we all are fingers crossed so we can get some playoff games out of him. But like you're going to have these diehard Otani fans that are just going to instantly be whatever team he's on, their fan. Yep. I think you're seeing more of that in the sport, which which is, I think, mostly good because you're highlighting the talent. And if somebody feels this deep connection to one player and they just follow his career and say, you know, and the, Griffey was like that years back where it's like when he went They're from Mariners to Reds. Right. So I think, I think Ohtani, that's good.
0: I think Otani's a, a a unique example of that, though. I think coming over to the United States, though, he he has like a whole country's following he has yeah. everyone so i think it's a real easy for to to rationalize why they're going to be his fan instead of the angels fans if, especially if he goes anywhere else they 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 started as otani fans they'll continue as otani fans and um a little different in cleveland yeah i think Cle- cleveland you're going to be a cleveland fan i think certain cities like that whether it's philly or new york or something like that um Tell you what, if Judge goes somewhere else, how do you think New Yorkers are going to treat him?
2: They were booing him during the during this playoffs because he doesn't. In. I mean, come on. He has 62 home exactly. runs. So, the only reason you're in the postseason is because of Judge.
0: So, so if he goes so.
2: anywhere else, they're going to hate him.
0: Thinking fans are going to be rational or supportive all the time is your first mistake.
2: Yeah, well, especially (laughs) especially passionate Yankee fans or Phillies. Short
0: short for fanatic. Let's not forget that. Yes,
1: exactly. That's true. Hey, for you career wise. So and I know we're talking about the game's hard and, and all that. And it's hard to, you know, like balance the fun with the locked in mode. But your first ever hit was a walk off single with two outs in the ninth inning. Um, did you understand that? And you just had a big start in general with homers. You had some type of record going on there too. Did you understand that many hits after that would be maybe like more boring or less incredible for the general public <laughs> than when you start off like that? And it's like, boom, Hey, welcome to the show. This is awesome. Uh, it didn't come until my eighth at bat
0: seventh or eighth at bat where the walk-off. So I was over seven going up to the plate before that, um, At that point, I'm just begging for anything, just because it's like you come up from AAA where everyone, if you're coming up, you're obviously playing well or something, and you're like two games in, you don't haven't even sniffed first base, you're like, am I ever going to get a hit here? (laughs) Uh, um, I will say that it's just, and I've told these like about say I've told these younger kids when I was in AAA the last year, where it's just like there's no there's no better feeling than being good in the major leagues. When you're like, it just doesn't stop how rewarding it is where it's like, okay, every day's a new day. And it's like, you get a base hit. So even for me, whether it's not a walk-off, it's like, I don't care if it was just a single up the middle, the joy of like running to first base after a hit goes up the middle and like someone's scoring just never, even to my last game, never uh, stopped being like an an unreal moment for me.
2: Do you remember career hit one thousand?
0: Sure do. That was one of my uh, most memorable ones. Yeah, obviously. That was a walk-off Grand Slam at home. Uh, so it was weird. So I had, like, all the round numbers. My 100th home run was uh, inside the Parker at Kansas City.
2: Oh, wow. Like,
0: first first hit was a walk-off. 100th was inside. 1,000th was a Grand Slam walk-off. There was, like, one or two more where there's all round numbers had, like, a fun event attached to it. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, – yeah, first, I mean, first and only walk off grand slam. So, that did was, you get that, the ball? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Well, let's hold on. You guys are gonna oh, get more of a tour. We're gonna get a tour. Let's see. It's one of those. Let's see. I see
2: five 500th.
0: Five hundred. Let's first major league hit, first grand slam. Uh, I mean, these are all. Oh, here's a fun one. Here's. I kind of have to show this to the camera. You can't even see it. I'm just gonna read it to you. It's a Pete Rose. I'm sorry, I bet on baseball.
2: Oh, Side, oh, my
0: gosh. oh my gosh, that is good. So, and then I got hockey. We got yeah, we got a bunch. We is got that regular. Pete regularly
1: signed balls, or did you get? Is there a story to that we got, too?
0: We got Ryan Sandberg. Sandberg, that's awesome. So being a, being like a the Cubs fan growing up, it's like here's the picture of him throwing the first pitch to me in the 2020 season Guess with no, nobody here. in the stands. That's awesome. That part, that part kind of sucked. It's like, you want to go home and play for family and friends. And I picked the year where uh, nobody's allowed <laughs> in the stadium.
2: Well, I don't think you picked it, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't pick that. Yeah.
1: Were you so like, we're hey, stand on plans. Waveland. Maybe I'll send you a souvenir. No no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. That's true. I forgot about that. Hey, on that topic too, um, got to verify this. And maybe you've talked about it publicly. Neighbors with Steve Bartman growing up?
0: Not next door. Now, keep in okay. mind, you, you media folk like to embellish a story. And
2: remember, yeah. you might be one of us soon. So be yeah, careful. Oh my
0: God. True. Be careful. True. Yeah. So let me get all my shots out now then. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think uh, down the street is, is the best way I can uh, describe it. I think he was just, I don't know, nine houses down. Um, I think we grew up going to the same school. He was probably my older sister's age. I think they would like ride the bus to school together. The only thing I do vaguely remember is like the month after it happened, probably like six cop cars outside his house for a poor guy, guy. just just making sure nothing happened to his house.
1: That is, that is brutal. Yeah. I mean, so you guys didn't know him well or anything. You just, it was no, just one of those no. acquaintances uh, uh, around. My sister
0: might have, uh, I don't know if they were great, apart or in the same grade at this point. I only remember the story, but uh, not on a too personal level. No.
1: Okay. It's a shame because like Alana, like you're saying, you feel bad. I mean, it seemed like I
0: feel
2: terribly for him. He's
1: dedicated a huge fan. Cup fan. Yeah. Mega yeah. yeah. cup fan, Mega Cop fan <laughs> listening to the game with the, you yeah, know, I mean, with the headphones, a the whole deal. Did he probably hasn't down been down to a game since come back? I think.
0: I think they wanted him to throw like an opening day first pitch oh or God, something. God, I wouldn't. For,
2: for I, I wouldn't. Person. Poor guy. He's probably thinking there's snipers on the top of the rooftop. <laughs>
1: yeah, like Screw all of you for all no, of thank that. thank you. I mean, As they, if they I ruined, ruined his it. life. They yeah. ruined his I wouldn't,
0: life. I, I wouldn't be living in Chicago anymore if that was the no, case. He's, I heard he went
2: to – maybe he moved to Florida. Maybe he can go work at your restaurant when you guys open up. <laughs> How did you get into the restaurant gig?
0: Uh, Literally just – so one of the managers at one of the – clubs I, I went to in Cleveland or something during the, my playing career I just became best friends with uh, and like we'd get a dinner or just hang out after and I think no more than like a post dinner just having wine and like talking out loud be like we should start a restaurant like one of those dumb con like and it actually <laughs> happened we just actually followed through with the conversation um, but I said I was like let me know your next investment like opportunity for the Ford Hospitality Group and um, it was this Columbus location that uh right in the heart of the uh, uh arena district in columbus so and perfect location and it's been it's been crushing it the only problem is oh, that's we, great we opened it like four months before the pandemic started and so again yeah. how do you know yeah we don't know but we knew we did so well months two three and four that we knew we had a winner so we had to kind of tread water and stay afloat through the mm-hmm. whole pandemic and mm-hmm. it was the right idea because it's been it's been great
1: So, and now the one since like, is the involvement level different? Like, are you, do you have to get involved in some of the nitty gritty where I, I, I do know from a little bit of experience, like restaurant business is it's tough. There's just a lot of responsibility, a lot of variables. Yes.
0: Yes. I'm not in the day to day. Like I'm not my operating partner who's there all the time. First off, it's called other side. It's called seesaw Mm
2: -hmm. if
0: anybody wants to frequent to Columbus or Winwood, coming up, um, but the fun part is, is that like as a a, a restaurant goer, I will say, is that yes, I, f- I eat out sometimes. Fr- frequent restaurants, um, but you get to like pick what you like. You get to you're like, hey, I've gotten to decide menu items and decor and all this other stuff, and um, it's you you don't realize how much you enjoy it until you actually are questioned with it. And it's one thing that you learn is that like. Wow, it'd be really cool to have all this stuff. Well, if it's not going to move the needle, then it's just a waste of money. If you're like, wow, I want to add these kind of lamps or these kind of lights or have this kind of decor, and you're like, that's great. What's the reason for it? Right, right. So, you, and you start asking yourself that question. And I think one of the first, when I did sign on with them to do this place, uh, we restaurant hopped from Chicago. They flew out to Chicago. We had dinner, and we hopped around like seven different places and. They gave me like a, a very fun tour on uh, tutelage to me where it's like you see how this entrance is facing this way and the walkway steers you towards this bar. They're like, that's by design. You see how yeah. we ordered an appetizer and they're like, look, they're charging eight bucks for this. It probably costs them a dollar ten to make. Look, so it's probably one they're more profitable. And like you start thinking on the other side. And it's just a it's it's just a blast to be on the other side.
2: Gun to your head. What's your last meal? If you had gun to your head and you had to say, okay, this is it. This is what this is. I want I want appetizer to dessert. Your last meal.
0: At my place, or you're just saying overall?
2: Gun to your head. Overall.
0: It's got to be Chinese food. Oh. It's got to be a uh, uh, General Tso's with fried rice and crab wontons or something. You're you're expecting this this isn't a steak and caviar meal. Yeah, I was I thought you were gonna be like
2: steak with some crab legs, some you know, Bordeaux. Nope. This is
0: this is uh like I I can't move where I just like look up at the gun and be like, I'm ready, pull the trigger, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, do your worst.
1: I'm so stupid full. Yeah,
0: I can't feel anything anyways right now.
2: (laughs) Take me out of my misery. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing me a favor
0: at this point. (laughs) (laughs)
1: all right so let's finish with this then uh what's next and you don't have to have the answer but what else is on your radar what have you thought about did you think about this during your playing career because one big part of this show podcast whatever you want to call it legends lounge is that when we're speaking to former players we get like the the full menu of I don't do anything after I played to I'm doing everything after I played. To I never thought about it during playing To I was always thinking about it.
0: I'm transitioning between those answers right now. So, um, mm-hmm. I thought I would travel more, uh, but living in Chicago, this was my first summer in Chicago. So I went nowhere. I was yeah, here the whole great summer. Place to be. Yeah. And I adored it. Um, I golfed every chance I could. Um, but it, it is tough to have this structure in your life, your entire life being baseball, being, Hey, you got to wake up. Hey, if you eat like crap one night, you better sweat it out the next day in the gym. And it's like your first time where it's like, you can eat like crap every night right now. You don't <laughs> have to set an alarm and it's just tough not having that structure or that voice where it's like, that's always been like, you better, you're going to pay for this. And so let me ask you, you, probably, do you
2: have a family?
0: I do, you do have
2: not, a, Okay. Do you have a wife? <laughs>
0: You have a girlfriend. girlfriend no. Okay.
2: Yes. So, do you look at her sometimes and you're like, like, there's nothing in the house. What am I going to eat? And does she look at you like, there's this place called the grocery store and you can actually go get stuff? Like, I you will... guys don't know what to do with yourselves after
0: you play. Yes and no. Yes. Yes. We're like, I'm like, yeah, tons of times. I'm like, normally someone comes and grabs my hand and takes me where I'm supposed to be right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just like standing in the middle of my living room. Be like, I'm supposed to do You're something like
2: here. bumping into plants. You're like, what am I doing?
0: Staring out the window. Uh, but cooking's not a problem. We actually, we both enjoy cooking. So okay. uh, the grocery store and the fridge has never been the problem. Okay. Um, so,
1: so maybe about-
2: eating was a bad example, but like, I wonder if she's like, bro, you gotta get it together. Like I can't say anything.
1: A lot of flights. Like I've worked with players at MLB network that they were flying for us for work. And then they call one of the production managers and they're like, my flight was canceled. They're like, go to the gate. Put you want a <laughs> yeah. new one. They're like, what yeah, do yeah. I do? That's <laughs> like, that
0: I got you here. Can one of you book a dentist appointment for me? <laughs> That'd be great. That's cool. what I'm talking about. Or like,
2: <laughs> they're like, I don't know how to get from here to here. I'm like Uber.
0: <laughs> no no kidding i you know what i even voiced that to the people around me whether it's my parents or something else i'd be like crap i need to learn how to be an adult or like you need to learn
2: something. how to adult yes
0: yeah <laughs> i feel like stepbrothers like what what do i wear in the winter what do i like i just you're you're like i said you're coming up for air in this whole new world where it's just yeah. like, oh god you're like I've had so much – and it's such. that's the best part about being in the big leagues is like you're catered to. You have everything done for you, and it's nice, and that's the luxury of getting there. But it, it's uh, it's – you're back to the real world when you're done playing. But So I do miss the structure, um, and I was – I chose to literally do nothing but like golf and enjoy myself this whole summer. That being said, um, it doesn't matter how much I've made. It's like I'm still young enough. I'm still going to be working. I think yeah. I wanted to try the broadcasting, so I actually went in the booth for – a Guardians-White Sox game this year, had a blast. Um, definitely could see myself doing more of it. I don't think I would want to do 162 games.
2: Yeah, it's, it's um, a, that's a beating for sure.
0: Yeah, as much as I miss the the life on the road, I don't think I would want to like just hotel to hotel anymore like that. But if it's like a 50, 60 games or something along those lines or national, I could see that happening. Um, I mean, just why not? I think it's – you you come out of your career and you're like – did I fully strike while the iron's hot? You realize you might, your, your window to capitalize on it, whether you're talking about money or anything is slowly ending. So you're like, while I can use my name or my likeness for anything to get me into certain doors, you're like, I better get going on it now. While I'm still close enough to my playing career, at least my name still carries weight. So I could see myself getting into more um, and doing more. While the opportunities present themselves right now. Well,
2: I think you're so young and, and, uh, you're so well-liked. And I think that's a big thing too. And you can't, you have so many opportunities to do so many different things and you're, you're already doing it. So, um, you might, you know, you might have to learn how to get dressed every now and again. And, you know, you might have to do some things on your own, but I think I I have faith in you, Jason, I have faith in in you that you're going to be Okay.
0: (laughs) I have a good circle. They, they're my, my, my bumper lanes for my life that they're like, oh no, we don't do that. And they, they keep bouncing me off into the right direction. So I'll get there eventually. (laughs) Good, 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 good.
1: And at the very least well-fed because yeah, the more restaurants you own, you just stop in and get after it. So uh, Kip, really great talking to you. Good luck. We'll have to do this again sometime to get the checkup on where you're at, although we'll probably be hearing you on some type of broadcasting pretty soon anyway.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you guys. This was fun.
2: Oh, it's good to talk to you. Be well.
0: You too, guys.
1: So first off, we have restaurants to add to our list (laughs) to hit. I got to see. I mean, he's putting some time into it in terms of coming up with the menu. Trying to figure out who is chef's going to be in Woodwood. Maybe it's Alana's friend. We caught some of that yeah, on well, there. I mean, I love I'm it. glad
2: that I have choices of places to eat. If I'm ever in Columbus, if my hmm. college ever happens to decide to play decent football and happens to play Ohio State, maybe I can go to the <laughs> restaurant there. Uh, I obviously, uh, maybe I'm back in Cleveland soon. Um, Obviously, I'm in Miami quite a bit. My family's Cuban. They're down there. So, yeah, I love having uh, options of places to eat. I love to eat, Scott. So this is good. It's always good to uh, increase the restaurant list.
1: I agree. And I think he's picking a good spot there in in Woodwood too, um, to open up a a restaurant. And so, and again, I think he'll be down there, you know, quite frequently and and also probably fall in love with being down there even more frequently, especially (laughs) in the winter time. Like he was saying he he didn't travel much. He loved Chicago summers are no, nobody's going to dispute how fun they are, but Chicago winters not as cool. Miami winters much more cool. Great excuse to go down to your restaurant, (laughs) especially when you don't have kids yet, you know, in his case, or maybe so. No doubt. Go roam free. So we appreciate Kip for coming on. Let's do a little this week in baseball. So October 27, 2002. Let's go back in time to the Angels. Yes, the Angels won a World Series in 2002. They took down the Giants for one in game seven. Garrett Anderson, three run double. Uh, John Lackey, First to win a game seven since 1909, Babe Adams for the Pirates. Oh,
2: King Babe, Loss. of course. I remember Babe Adams. World
1: yeah. Series MVP. You yeah. remember Babe, right? No, not of that course. Babe.
2: <laughs> and how about Lackey is now Kevin Millar's neighbor? So, I mean, you know, just things are just full circle in, in the <laughs> baseball world.
1: <laughs> that's right. Well, not too uh, soon after did Kevin Millar become a big deal in baseball, mm-hmm. right? We, we know what him. year. That's two it. years oh, later. 04,
2: oh, four champ. Right. I oh, tell you what, that every time you meet Kevin, hi, I'm Kevin, oh, 04 champ. Yep, That's what happens.
1: That's called branding <laughs> and marketing. Oh, okay. 101 <laughs> is excellent at it. But yes, uh, Angels year in 2002, that was the t- 42nd season of Angels baseball and um, and they took a title. So, uh, of course, you know, insert joke about what's gone on since. And it's not like, hey, there's plenty of longer droughts uh, in terms of World Series titles. It's just more about, you know, they've been picked on, including by us in Previous episodes for having, you know, arguably the two best players in the sport over the past decade and not having any success for it.
2: But it's not like Anaheim's not a great place to live, Southern California, Newport, whatever. It's not like they don't have decent offense. They have an ownership group, or had—I know they're putting the team up for Mm sale—that spends money. You know, they—they've had decent. I mean, Socha is a Hall of Fame manager, in my opinion. Um, They just have to get pitching. They have to. And I don't know what it is. I mean, they're always, in my opinion, they're probably always going to be the little brother to the Dodgers just in that market, you know, in that Southern California market. Um, and it saddens me to no end that Mike Trout and Shohei Otani um, are not on the world stage to see. I mean, Shohei is a little bit just because he's Japanese and everyone has eyes on them internationally. But, and you know, this year, 2022, Scott, was the first year that Bryce Harper played is playing baseball past his birthday. He just turned 30 and he's actually still in the postseason. This is what I want for Bryce Harper. This is what I want for Shohei. This is what I want for Mike Trout. I mean, these are superstars in our game and they need to have these opportunities. And I just don't know, you know, people can argue that, Hey, Mike decided to sign that massive extension and stay there. But I do believe he thought, you know, there was going to be a team that was going to win built around him. I don't see Shohei staying.
1: No, no. I mean, I, I, I think I said something the other day, I was like, it's like 90% chance he gets dealt. And because he agreed to a deal, that means the price is locked in. That's basically saying like, Hey, we've got you, you know, and I think locked into a discount compared to, you know, what he would go for in an arbitration case. So now he's, yeah. he's yeah. getting traded. Yeah. And, and I'll just add this too. When you, when you are a team that is looking to sell, you're not going to. This is just history. You're not going to hand the team over to someone new and then lose that player, whether yeah. it's via free agency or trade. So, I mean, example: Washington Nationals with Soto. They were like, "All right, we got to figure this mm-hmm. out." Or, yeah, we don't want a new owner coming in being like an instant villain, right? <laughs> Saying, yes. "Hey, I just traded your franchise player." Right. So, anyway, it was it was nice though. Angels fans reminiscing for thirty seconds about two thousand two <laughs> and better times ahead. Hopefully times at some ahead. point. Yes, yes, exactly. And lastly, anyone that you ever want to hear from uh, that's played the game in the past that we haven't gotten on here, you know what to do right after this. Shoot us a note and uh, we'll do our best to hit them up. The Legends Lounge Podcast is brought
0: to you by Major League Alumni Marketing. Hit us with questions or comments at at MLBPAA.com. Check out our memorabilia at mlamauthentics.com. Later, Legends.
1: Baseball Legends Lounge is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.